Hello, I'm Rob Hoyle, and welcome back to 20-Minute Health Talk. This is part two of our deep dive into the fascinating world of hyperbaric medicine. Our guests are two world-renowned experts in the field, and in part one of this interview, which listeners can find in our feed and show notes, they shared insights into hyperbaric oxygen therapy's many benefits, how it works, and what it's like to receive treatment in the largest hyperbaric chamber in the northeastern United States, located at Phelps Hospital. In part two, we discuss the research driving hyperbaric medicine forward, the training required to conduct this brand of medicine, and what patients should look for if they want to pursue hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Here is part two of our interview with Dr. Owen O'Neill, founding and current medical director of the Department of Undersea and Hyperbaric Medicine at Phelps Hospital, and John Peters, executive director of the Undersea and Hyperbaric Medical Society. John, are there studies showing how effective this can be? Yes, absolutely. Uh, on the magnitude of thousands of, of uh, studies, hyperbaric medicine has really been, uh, has come along really or evolved from diving really in the 50s, uh, in, including wound care, aggressive bacterial infections, uh, life without blood, uh, it's a Borma out of Amsterdam. That lo- a lot of that research now too is real world uh, research where we're actually looking at patients that have multiple comorbidities, uh, they're coming to us and they're pretty sick um, unless it's something that is an acute injury, a carbon monoxide maybe, or or decompression sickness. But most of the patients that we're treating are are ill with multiple conditions and uh, they are gonna come for, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of of 20 to, you know, 60 treatments depending. Wow. You know, we talked about different conditions that hyperbaric um, oxygen therapy can help treat. It's also being studied for COVID-19. And Dr. O'Neill, during the pandemic, you began using hyperbaric oxygen hoods to help improve COVID-19 patients' oxygen saturation levels. Tell us about that. Okay. Well, uh, first, just to differentiate, the uh, hyperbaric oxygen treatments for COVID-19 patients were proving to be very successful. So at Phelps Hospital, uh, you you had to be part of an IRB, Institutional Review Board, uh, study research project in order to use hyperbaric oxygen on patients for that condition because it's a experimental condition. So we were not part of an IRB. So uh, we looked at the patients at the time who were very sick from the uh, lung standpoint. Uh, they had a very hard time breathing. They were not able to maintain tissue oxygen oxygenation. And they were put on various modes of uh, breathing oxygen, high flow oxygen. And in some patients it worked and in some patients it didn't. The majority of the patients where it did not work, they had to be intubated. So that means they had a breathing tube be put on a breathing machine. So once that happened, they had about a 98% mortality rate. So if you were put on the breathing machine, it was almost like the, uh, the end of your life. You were not going to come off of that breathing machine. Uh, the other uh, part of that is that there were not enough machines to give patients because everybody was on them. There were none to be had. So uh, there were also some other drugs coming up at the time that was that seemed to be helping the patients. So we came up with the idea of putting an oxygen hood from the hyperbaric chamber on the patients because those hoods are completely enclosed. So while wearing that hood and breathing 100% oxygen, we knew the patients could be delivered that oxygen. We could also put valves on that hood that would help them keep their oxygen levels even a little bit higher. We call those a PEEP valve. And when we did that, we put them on the patients, and we found that a number of the patients, and and the patients we first put the hood on, those were patients that needed to be on the breathing machine, 
but there wasn't a breathing machine available. So we put them on the hood and we found that a number of them maintained an oxygen level high enough that they didn't need to be put on the machine. Uh, so in a sense, that also decreased their chances of dying. For those patients uh, who were on it for maybe two, three, or four days before they required the breathing machine, that gave them another three or four days of medication treatment to help them along. And when they finally got put on the breathing machine, they had a better chance of getting off of it. So all in all, we probably uh, prevented about 57% of the patients we put the hood on from requiring the breathing machine, and hence we decreased their mortality, i.e. their chances of being alive. We increased that. Based on that work and the decades of diligence and excellence in the practice of hyperbaric medicine, the Undersea and Hyperbaric Medicine Society awarded Dr. O'Neill the 2022 Excellence in Hyperbaric Medicine Award. John, tell us more about this award. Yes, we're uh, really, we were pleased to have uh, Dr. O'Neill picked uh, for this Excellence in Hyperbaric Medicine Award. Uh, The award is presented at our uh, annual scientific meeting to an individual UHMS member in recognition of continued diligence and excellence in the practice of hyperbaric medicine, particularly in the areas of basic and clinical research as it might impact patient care. So Owen is a perfect perfect recipient for this award. He has been working diligently for over 30 years in the the specialty and has really raises the bar uh, for all of our practitioners. And uh, he's expanded his practice into, uh, into commercial diving, uh, and tunneling, and he continues to grow. So even at 30 years, as a 30-year veteran, he has uh, he continues to grow his practice and improve his knowledge base, and he's helping to mentor others. And this is uh, this demonstrates demonstrated in his award uh, this this past year. Wow, you know, so funny. It seems to me that hyperbaric treatment is like so complex and yet so simple in, in, in a way. What's the training like to be able to use a hyperbaric? Uh, to use hyperbaric medicine? Well, the the uh, platinum standard now for being trained in undersea and hyperbaric medicine, which is the specialty name, is a fellowship program. So uh, physicians who come out of uh, residency training, uh, they've completed residency training in internal medicine, family medicine, emergency medicine, anesthesia. Uh, if it's their desire to become board certified in undersea and hyperbaric medicine, they would be required to take a one-year undersea and hyperbaric medicine fellowship. That's one way. Uh, The second uh, way is uh, there are 40-hour programs. So a physician, a nurse, or a technologist who wants to learn undersea and hyperbaric medicine, they can sit in one of these 40-hour programs, uh, take the examination when they're all done. If they pass the examination, they can then go back to their hospital with this introductory course in hyperbaric medicine and start to actually learn the specialty. Once a physician, a nurse, or a technologist has done that, for the physicians who can't take that one year off to go back and do a fellowship a training program in undersea and hyperbaric medicine, the undersea and hyperbaric medical society now has what we call the PATH program, which is basically an online program that will last approximately six to nine months uh, where you have a tailored uh, study program and then a uh, test to qualify you at the end uh, for the knowledge, and then also a technical piece that the physicians know how to actually function with their hands, controls, et cetera, when necessary. Wow. There's also an accrediting process that hospitals must go through to be able to use hyperbaric oxygen therapy. John, can you tell us about that and what people uh, seeking this treatment should know? The UHMS has uh, established a hyperbaric facility accreditation program in uh, 2000, and we've 
surveyed approximately 350 hospitals in the United States. Uh, this accreditation program was established to set the standard uh, really for how programs operate and how patients are managed um, and for a safe outcome. Hopefully at some point we'll actually get some of our large payers or even CMS to actually mandate accreditation. We do see variation, and, and that's because we see variation in practice. And so by closing those gaps rapidly, we're really elevating their practice and really helping those individuals, those professionals in those facilities to actually do a better, to do a better job and deliver better patient care. So it's a win for the patient. It's a win for the caregivers. Dr. O'Neill, in addition to the program you run at Phelps Hospital, there are several other Northwell facilities that offer hyperbaric medicine. Do you ever work with other programs in the health system? And what does that collaboration look like? Here at Northwell, um, actually, I started the hyperbaric collaborative. Uh, so basically, it's a collaboration among all of the medical directors for all of the hyperbaric facilities in the system. And uh, we've gotten together to look at exactly uh, uh, how we should do things, make sure we're all on the same page, how we get the message out to individuals, and we do things according to uh, uh, the understanding hyperbaric medicine rules and regulations and those that CMS or, or Medicare put in our way. Awesome. We always like to end on a positive note here on 20-Minute Health Talk. Dr. O'Neill, we'll start with you. What gives you hope? What gives you optimism going forward? Well, um, as John explained, we have accreditation process now. We have hospitals becoming more aware of uh, understanding hyperbaric medicine. Uh, I have patients that self-refer now because they're becoming interested in it. So we really would like uh, the patients to know what it is that we do and how we can help them, especially patients that have chronic wounds that are not getting better, patients with radiation damage. They may have bleeding from uh, their bladder from radiation cystitis or bleeding from their bottoms from radiation proctitis. Uh, these are all patients, and especially our breast patients now, our cancer breast patients that require radiation, they require extensive uh, reconstruction after the cancer is removed, uh, they tend to have a fair number of problems as well that hyperbaric oxygen is able to alleviate. So there are, again, a number of conditions out there. We just want patients to know that they feel as they have a condition that oxygen is required to make it better. Uh, regular oxygen by face mask is not going to help you. Climbing into a zip-up chamber is not going to help you. You need to contact a hospital facility that has a undersea and hyperbaric medicine program and speak to the proper specialist. And John, what gives you hope? What gives you optimism moving forward? Well, I yeah, I'm very <clears throat> I am very hopeful actually for the field. I think some of what uh, some of the items that Owen has has mentioned I think are really key. I, I think that. Our focus on dose response is really uh, critical for our future, and that is looking at uh, the indications, studying the indications that are already approved and new indications, and actually zeroing in on exactly the right pressure that will that is needed, and for uh, determining a length of treatment based on those responses. And so, I think that we're we're get, we're gaining more data around that topic. And I think that that's going to help. Ultimately, it's going to benefit the patient, I believe, and, and may open the door for additional indications out there. And then again, I, I think, as Owen mentioned, hyperbaric facility accreditation standardization, I think, is key. We need to look at, at practice, make sure that we are determining and we have determined what the best practices are for, the, for our patients so that both the patient and our physicians and the caregivers are having or have a, have a great experience. Uh, I think that that's key, especially in today. And we need to re, uh, you know, bring down the cost 
<clears throat> of the treatment. And we can do that through this mechanism, through evaluation, oversight, and engagement. Dr. Owen O'Neill, John Peters, thank you so much for joining us today and best of luck in your new role as president-elect of the Undersea and Hyperbaric Medical Society. And for you, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'm Rob Hoyle. Stay safe and have a great week. Thanks, Rob. Get more expert insight from the leading voices in healthcare today. You can subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk wherever podcasts are available.